0: Today I'm talking to Claire Thompson who's a chef and a writer and she gets things in The Guardian and The Telegraph and she writes about food and the culture surrounding it and she was born and raised in Zimbabwe which I thought was an interesting thing because that's obviously a very different culture of food than we have over here in England so I was wondering if you could tell me what it was like growing up with food in Zimbabwe?
1: Well I lived in Botswana, Zimbabwe and South Africa and um, Yeah, it was very different. I had a very outdoor um, life as a kid. um, There, we moved to London when I was eight, so you can imagine it was a bit of a difference, really, to experience a sort of the an African childhood outside and then coming to sort of wet and windy London. Um, My my experience of eating as a kid was was again very outdoors. We had Christmas was summertime. You know, we spent most of our summer holidays and winter holidays outdoors, because whilst the weather was cold in in the wintertime in in Zimbabwe and Botswana, it always had that crisp, beautiful skies. We do lots of adventuring, really.
0: I mean, you still do a lot of travelling to do with your food at the moment, and I read on your blog that you've recently been to, uh, so you have to tell me if I'm pronouncing this right, Laikipia?
1: Laikipia, yeah. (laughs)
0: Laikipia in Kenya. Yeah. Um, So what did you get up to over there?
1: Oh my goodness, that was the best thing I think I've done as a family, really, um so I went there um, with my kids we haven't I haven't been back to the continent of Africa since leaving it really um for many reasons but mostly because I've just the world's enormous and I've travelled Lots of it. Um, so I was asked to go back with my kids and um, they went to school out there uh, in, a, in, a, in a school for children with access to no education. So um, the older two, um, at the time they were 12 and nine, went to a school out in Lycipia and uh, I cooked school lunch for a couple of days out there and just, well, it was a real eye, eye-opener really for them and also for me and I was I wrote about it for a newspaper.
0: So what kind of thing were you writing about? What did you come away with?
1: I came away with the uh, of the sort of bamboozling of my children really. We with Grace we travelled, she's my eldest. We travelled overland from Beijing to Bangkok with Grace in a backpack when she was little, but we haven't really adventured like that with the other two so much because um we had a restaurant that sort of tied us to Bristol for for a while, and uh so I wanted the kids to just have that experience of being in a country that they that they well just felt that was completely different to holidays that we've had into our own life here in Bristol and I think I uh I did that yeah we camped outside under the starlight and we cooked a lot uh from the chamber, the garden that this um that this place had and we also cooked in the school uh it was an amazing they had they had their eggs they had goats they had a vegetable garden and just the 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 experience of cooking school lunch in that school was just extraordinary considering I've also cooked school lunches here in Bristol. Um, so it was great really and, and my kids loved it and they and they often referenced the fact it was the, the best thing we ever did.
0: That's amazing, it'd be difficult to top it next year then I guess if you're out
1: on holiday again. No but that is surely the thing of travel isn't it and um, I think with children you've got these little people who just you can quite easily just give them experiences that are new every single time and And baffling and wonderful and extraordinary and that's what I think food and travel go so well together and and with my girls I want them to travel the world and and eat and find interest and excitement in in food in equal measure obviously this year is a bit weird and we can't do that so much traveling but um you know that's the great thing of using food as a portal to sort of Mm. experience other cultures and cuisines
0: because that's the thing it's the stereotype is that kids are very limited in what they'll eat but you you know having traveled around with your kids and you as a chef yourself you must be feeding them some really varied and interesting dishes do they take to that naturally or is that takes a bit of persuasion
1: oh you know i i i'm just it's just non it's just has to happen really i (laughs) uh, i my husband's also a chef so it's just non-negotiable they we eat we've got a massive cookbook shelf full of cookbooks and and we eat you know widely and and from from different cuisines and cultures because I think that is really important really and and so they have always been introduced to different flavors and textures and dishes and that's always been the way I'd be, I'd get very bored if I had to cook the same thing day in day out
0: they've probably got very uh, varied palates and they're you know not like many kids I guess
1: no a thirteen year old's extraordinary she can just she can eat higher chili level than I can now. There's seven-year-olds good of getting there. I mean I'm not draconian they can have the things that they don't like you know like dot wouldn't want to eat a mushroom a mile you know away, but uh Grace would and I just let them have their own idiosyncrasies but you know ultimately I see food as this kind of adventure that we're on together and and that's that's non-negotiable. <laughs>
0: You mentioned their lockdown, which Mm. obviously completely changed everyone's life. But as a traveling food writer, it must have changed yours a lot. Um, Did you find that you were experimenting with different kinds of cooking or did you fall into the sort of everyone's making sourdough and banana bread sort of trend? Or How did you uh, Um, you cope with cooking?
1: Well, it was quite fortuitous, actually, because I finished the edit on this book that I've got out now just as we went into UK lockdown. So the book was all written and um, I just had to finish on the edit of it. But what the six months of lockdown enabled really was a kind of really sort of visual and um, practical viewpoint on how I cook because I did these cookery videos through lockdown when we were really all stuck at home and but I wanted the, the things that I made on those cookery videos to be food that we actually ate for lunch together as a family so I... Found it really useful, really having social media to sort of like practice what I preach, to show that my food writing and my cookery books aren't me sitting in an ivory tower pontificating about ingredients that are hard to get hold of or whatever. Do you know what I mean? So I found that really, um, lovely that I was making lunch with my kids. Sometimes they helped me, sometimes they didn't if they were in a bad mood or whatever. And we we often had the hamster giving a bit of a cameo appearance and. Um, <laughs> And we just cooked, and I liked the fact that people could watch the fact that I was practicing what I preached. So no, we made sourdough, we made banana bread, but we made everything and anything. It was really um, extraordinary, really.
0: Because that's something you do on your blog or your Instagram, you post dinner that you've made almost every day mm. which is kind of it must feel like you must keep having to keep things fresh because you've got an audience for every meal you make which I guess inspires you to keep things like that going
1: yeah I quite like that really when I started this it was before Instagram existed and it was Twitter when my middle daughter was about two we were in a restaurant in London and she was having dim sum in this restaurant and and I thought god this is you know I want to show people that that I'm feeding my kids you know varied diet. So um, that's how it started. So now I do it most nights. Um, Yeah, I find that it's a sort of useful sort of document of what I'm doing and how I'm feeding the kids and writing my cookery books and my column and stuff. It's quite useful sort of to scroll back and see what I've been doing. And there is you know a beat to how i cook day in day out by season by month by occasion and that's quite sort of reassuring i f- i find um and you know i live in bristol so there's just brilliant access to so many different shops and 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 that's really useful for me as a cook
0: talking about cooking every day and you know a lot of people's first thing to say when they think about cookery books is that they don't have time to go through the recipe and there's all books that have come out and tried to combat that like jamie oliver doing 15 minute meals and that kind of thing but you did one that isn't just about time but it is about making it easy for people to um eat a varied diet and you called it the five o'clock apron um and i was just wondering if you could tell me a little bit about how that book came about and what you were trying to achieve with it
1: oh i wrote that book on maternity leave with my daughter dorothy and um I don't know how I did it now. Like, I look back at it and I think, how on earth did I write that whole book, breastfeeding a baby and n- not having <laughs> any sleep and looking after two older kids? But I think how that happened was because of this, um, you know, eternal question of, what wasn't I bored of feeding my kids the same food and what was I cooking at home? You know, both Matt and I are chefs, so people were really intrigued as to what we were cooking for the kids. But, and my, all oh, my stock answer was always, well, I'm cooking food that I want to eat. Um, i'm happy to cook the odd you know spaghetti bolognese or shepherd's pie or whatever but essentially i if i had to eat that uh, it, you know by rote i I'd, I'd feel quite sad about life so um that <laughs> book came about because i just wanted to show people what i cooked and and the heartbeat of of most of of all my books i'd say is is vegetables really that, that's how i like to eat mostly vegetables the odd bit of meat or fish now and then and um yeah, and and spices and you know and and things to add flavor and texture and interest and 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 location and culture to food.
0: Yeah, so your new book is called Home Cookery Year. Mm-hmm. Um and what was it what's different about this one? What can we expect from
1: uh, reading this one? This is without doubt my biggest and my best yet. It is massive. Um it is basically a document of how I cook through the year, looking at Instagram, looking at all the diaries I keep of stuff and how I cook. And, and as a parent and as a, as a person who works from home, but also a person who's a chef, you know, I can cook for 80 people in an hour and a half, but I can also cook for three starving kids home from school in 20 minutes. So I, I just wanted people to see the way I, I view food and home cookery as a sort of practical, accessible route to food you know there's sometimes when there's a chapter in the book it's divided into seasons and there's a chapter in the book that's for like payday cooking when you've got a bit of extra money you know you're feeling a bit flush you might buy something a bit more expensive but then there's also the store cupboard cookery that's cheap and sort of economical use of store cupboard ingredients and then there's celebration feasts and there's midweek cookery so how I cook is you know it's not there's not a set system i like to sort of if as a practical home cook you know there are many different ways and, and and rhythms to our lifestyle so you can't write a book that covers everything it needs to be truncated into into the different sort of parts of our life and our busy lifestyles
0: could you tell me a little bit about feedback that you've had from your books in the past what do you hope that people come back to you and say after having bought one of your books
1: god i i hope that they say oh i can't stop cooking from it but um you know there's there just going back to the ivory tower thing you know there's these lovely cookbooks now that all look lovely on a shelf but a sorry cookbook isn't is a a pristine cookbook isn't it really i'd like my cookbooks to be like properly splattered and dirty and in use (laughs) in the kitchen greasy with tomato sauce and olive oil and um you know i just I really want people to be able to cook them. I don't want people to sort of pontificate about what they're going to cook or you have to go and do these huge shopping lists, you know. I just want them to be able to just get on with it. I think there's uh, what I try really hard in my food writing is to not be too didactic and to be sort of like... um, you know, if you can't get hold of this, use a bit of this. It's about flavour. You know, there's times when you want to throw chilli and lemon and olive oil and salt at loads of things. And then, there's, and then there's times when you just want a bit of restraint. Really, I suppose it's about confidence. It's about instilling confidence in ingredients. And then I think cookery comes naturally I never follow a recipe I just make it up as I go along when I'm cooking because I'm a chef and I know, and I understand the cookery process or how heat transforms things or or whatever so I hope to sort of give people confidence really to not feel like rabbit in the headlights about a recipe because so many people say that to me like oh I just look at it and I just don't know where to start but I hope my recipe writing is 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 practical as it is uh exciting.
0: Because that's the thing, your book Home Cooker a Year, your new one, mm-hmm. has 200 recipes in it, which is um, quite something. And it must be if you're, is that sort of, you're experimenting the whole time and you'll eat something and you're like, yeah, I need to go back and remember how I made that because this makes the book. How do you, how do you end up with 200 recipes like that?
1: Well, that's going back to the Instagram, you know, it's quite a useful sort of visual document on how I cook. And if you scroll through it, at speed, I can see that September comes around each month, and I'm I'm revisiting things, you know, apples and pears and and squashes in October and mushrooms and 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 I think that that's quite reassuring, really. So, I I, I cook all the time. I, I I feel I at the moment I don't have a kitchen, which is quite. It's like I feel like I've lost something um, because we're having our kitchen done after. Um, quite some time of living in this house, we finally got the funds. Um, so I don't have a kitchen, but I think um, when I cook, I I like I like to just to just follow seasonality and 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 how I'm, and I cook economically really. I'm just you know I, there's three veg shops on the route to school. I'll just wander past one of those on the way home, and and whatever there is that's looking good and and you know in season or or, or a sort of offer, that's how I'll how I'll cook and. And and the recipes come about, it's like a jigsaw making recipe writing. You just take the first thing and then you just bolt on extras. You know, that's about the confidence of flavour, really, what goes with what.
0: What are you planning on writing next?
1: I'm writing a camping cookbook, because in lockdown, my publisher got in touch and said, like, holidays are are off for the time being. Can you get a camping cookbook to me by the end of October? So... That is what I'm scrabbling to get done, but <laughs> I'm nearly there. So um, in the summer, we sort of, um, I've got a bit of a link with VW. They've, for some reason, the last few years, they've lent us a van to go to festivals, and um, music festivals and stuff. So I've been borrowing that van over the summer, and um, we've been camping in Pembrokeshire and Cornwall and Shropshire. And so I'm writing a sort of camping cookbook, really, how to do, how to sort of pair back, cooking from home into sort of into a camper van so that's what i'm doing which is quite fun and exciting and the girls loved it so that was fun really we did a bit of that we didn't go anywhere else in the summer we, we cancelled other stuff just concentrate on camping
0: <laughs> claire what would you like to offer up as your who's flying the plane hidden gem
1: my hidden gem for who's flying the plane is the dolly parton podcasts have you listened to them
0: I haven't, no. It's the same she people did
1: who did um Radio Lab, do you know Radio Radio Lab podcasts?
0: Sadly, now I'm I'm completely out of the loop on this okay. stuff. Okay,
1: well there's these amazing podcast guys from America and he's done this one with Dolly Parton and it's not about Dolly Parton. When I sort of found out about it, I was like, "Oh, you know, I'm not sure I can do six or seven episodes on Dolly Parton, but it's about her like using her as a prism mm. to look through sort of society and American culture and and how we're all doing in 2020 is absolutely brilliant
0: okay claire could you give me some information about how we can keep up to date with what you do and when your books are coming out that kind of thing how can we keep up to date with your work
1: well instagram i keep banging the drum for instagram i feel like i'm i'm being paid um (laughs) you know we're all living in the times where we have more screen time it is really strange I never thought I'd be a person that um, that spent quite so much time at home on a screen, but um, so be it, for the time being. Um, so Instagram, I, I do that every day, possibly, um, to sort of show people what I'm cooking, with the objective being that it's done in real time, it's real life, there's no, you know, gorgeous marble kitchen, it's just really normal me in my life. Uh, so that, and then I write for The Telegraph. Um once a month and and then I write cookery books really so I'm on my sixth the camping one um write cookery books I'd love to write a book for children that wasn't a cookery book but that included food but I just need the time and space to sort of formulate what that is in my brain but that is um a sort of long-term wish I think
0: great stuff okay thanks for taking the time to talk to me Claire
1: thank you very much for having me